This episode of the Open Ended Podcast is sponsored by Emporium Arcade Bar. Emporium hosts awesome games, beer, food, and live music events daily in Wicker Park and Logan Square. Visit EmporiumChicago.com for more info. Also, if you really like hearing this podcast and enjoy what we're doing, please consider, you know, helping us out a little bit by visiting openended.fm slash donate. There you can become a member starting at $1 a month, or you can give a one-time donation. Believe me, we're not picky. Again, that's openended.fm slash donate. This week, we'd like to give a shout out to MBSing. Host Mary Beth Smith cuts the BS out of conversation by discussing a topic of her guest unabashedly loves, thus discovering why people love what we do and how that passion affects us. That's MBSing here at the Chicago Podcast Cooperative and our CPC shout out this week. Keep on doing good work, Mary Beth. We appreciate it. This is Open Ended Podcast. I'm Sheriff Vincent. And I'm James T. Green. stayed in a house in Wisconsin that um, had a poltergeist. It was my friend's great-great-grandmother who would watch over the house and, you know, this poltergeist would turn lights off when you would forget to turn them off and you walked out of a room. Um, And apparently the poltergeist had issues with technology, so she she, uh, didn't let anything that was invented after she died in the 1930s work in the house so cell phones didn't work but they worked outside tv didn't work um dvds were fuzzy and the internet didn't work unless it was connected to a landline um and she would mess around with the furnace she'd also turn the furnace on and off uh and that summer they got a new furnace uh and she stopped messing around with it and i kind of felt bad for her. I was like, well, maybe she just doesn't know how to use it. So I was kind of kidding around with my friend and I told my friend to go down and she tried to use it. So he went to the basement and was like, hey, this is the on button, this is the off button. And, you know, uh, just, you know, I was like, that's how you use it. And um, when he came back from dinner that night, uh, the furnace had turned on by itself. So that was kind of, kind of spooky she could learn, I guess. As a freelancer and person who's publishing projects, it's important to make sure that people know how to contact you. And the downside of that is that anyone knows how to contact you simply by Googling, finding you on Facebook. Hello, this is Savannah Million, and I'm here with a scary story for you. So, one spooky All Hallows' Eve David Lasky and I were chilling, in person, like face-to-face, not online, this is an important distinction, and we ended up talking about tacos, which led to talking about 
Chaco tacos in particular, and they came up organically in conversation, and we specifically discussed how we hadn't seen Chaco tacos in years. Um, were they still being manufactured? Were they still being stocked in grocery stores adjacent to the non-taco-shaped ice cream? We marveled at the possibilities, and the conversation moved on. The next day, literally the next day, David saw a promoted Chaco Taco tweet in his timeline. In my opinion, the only explanation is that advertising companies have finally succeeded in monetizing ghost robots. Happy Halloween! Where is that light coming from? I asked myself as I got into bed. I'm wondering if all of my screens are accounted for as I look at the dim bluish-green tinged light in the corner of my apartment. As I move deeper into bed, my comforter moves and rustles a large plant on my bedside table. I flinch as I'm alone in my apartment and noise is rare. I reach for my phone to make sure it's not the light in the corner, and I find it under my pillow. Where is that light coming from? My TV isn't turned on and my tablet is at work. My three laptops are all turned off and I haven't looked at them in days. Who needs laptops when you have a phone to tell all your secrets to? My alarm clock uses green numbers to disrupt the sleep industry. I still own no wearables unless you count a mobile device as a wrist accessory. Where is that light coming from? Bad luck. I've gotten stuck not once, not twice, but three different times in different places due to system failures. Let's see, there was the time I was stuck at the top of the Eiffel Tower thanks to an elevator breaking down in the middle of July with 100 tourists who were sweating and frankly smelling in a very small place. Then there's the time I was at a safari park and got stuck on a skyline probably 100 feet in the air. But neither of those could ever compare to being stuck upside down on a roller coaster hair hanging around my face in the middle of the summer for over an hour. Let's just say that evacuation process was very quick. So when I was in fifth grade, uh, me and my friends would always stay in at recess and uh, go on the internet because it was new and exciting and we used to just uh, go to the website for like literally anything we could think of so we were always on snapple.com and like pencil.com and textbook.com and uh, I remember at one point we ended up at algebra.com and on that site, there was this uh, chat robot that you could talk to, sort of like a smarter child. And we would spend, like, our entire recess period just, like, talking to this robot, you know. And uh, it was never about math, if I remember correctly. And I remember, though, being so excited about this that uh, I took it, uh, or I went home, and... I went on my mom's computer and I was like, Mom, look at this, look at this website. And so I start talking to the robot to show her this thing and he's kind of making passes at me and I guess I was too young to recognize it, but you know, I'm saying, oh, I'm sitting here with my mom right now and it goes, oh, like, are you feeling randy? Like in an Austin powers kind of... I guess voice if you can call it that and I didn't really know what that meant but I could tell by my mom's reaction that wasn't good and so I tried to redeem uh, the algebra bot and go you know what are you up to tonight and he said 
why are you horny? And with that, my mom shut down the computer, uh, took me away from it, and I remember she ended up reporting it to our teacher that this website that we were on was like that a bunch of fifth grade girls were going to uh, basically had horny chat bots on it and none of us had any idea what was going on uh, so yeah this one's for algebra bot Cher and I are big fans of Halloween so we decided to do something a little special for this particular episode of Open Ended Once upon a late night ride, while he wondered, preoccupied, driving down the darkened street, the jack-o'-lanterns were all alight. He nodded, nearly humming to the song, abruptly blasting, as if he knew what it was thinking, thinking of his girl tonight. I hope she's ready, he muttered, holding back with all his might. At the traffic light, make a right. Reunited, it had been a week. Since the couple started to speak, each voice sounded pretty meek, but their interest again began to peak. Their breakup had been very long, no one admitting they were wrong. But with each passing day, he knew it was her all along. And without haste, they both knew where they belonged. However, he had hoped he would be less withdrawn. Turning down her street once more, he pondered what he was in for. Looking down at his costume, he hunked his horn, seeing her bedroom. Her moving shadows from room to room. She was leaving, he would assume. But as he waited, he began to fume, until he got a faint smell of her perfume. Why did you wear that? He pointed at her witch broom. You were supposed to be a bride. Oh, and you'd be the groom? <sighs> he exhaled, looking at his suit coat feeling bile come up his throat. She removed her black hat, revealing a bun, as she was telling him where she got it from. He tapped his fingers like a drum, wondering again why he had come, stopping her mid-sentence, looking glum. Look at me. I look so dumb. Rolling her eyes completely numb. Would you relax? It's Halloween. It's supposed to be fun. Punching in the new address, he closed his eyes and let himself decompress. Already leaked to this stupid thing. Did you get what you're supposed to bring? Yeah, I got the playing cards and string. It's gonna be a really weird game of kings. Another voice began to ring, coming from the car. In 600 feet, turn right on New Spring. Her eyebrows raised at the bane. I thought the party was on Mount Crane. Meh, whatever. It's the same. Approaching the road, he made his turn, but looked around and said with concern. This doesn't look like the place at all. He reached for his phone to give the host a call. She chuckled under her breath. Her voice was not small. Did you fuck up your new GPS install? Ignoring her, he saw the town mall. I think it might be beyond that wall. She pulled out her phone. I'm gonna call Paul. 
Or was it supposed to be Saul? At this moment, the car began to stop. Ugh. Oh, come on. Don't fail me now. Turn the key as far as it would allow. Without faltering, the car moved on its own accord. But what do you expect with a Ford? Is this the best car that she could afford? Crossing her arms, she seemed bored. Pushing on the gas, the car hit the floor, blazing down the parking lot, directions ignored. He yelled, I think the wheel is jammed. Maybe a twisted cord. They moved into the night, unknowing where toward. The car picked up speed as it blazed another block, just as the time for ten o'clock. She tried to ignore her exceeding heart rate. Would you get a hold of your car? I don't want to be late. He gripped the wheel, trying to keep it straight. Do you think this is my idea of a fun date? The GPS voice sounded, giving another update. In 300 feet, turn on Magnolia and Tate. Those streets are even in this state. They both looked at the console, scared of temp fate, afraid of what the GPS would dictate. The gas line was broken as he'd pushed down harder, but the wheels lost control, hitting the garter. I can't stop this car, it's going insane. He tried to pull it out of the tailspin when it started to rain. She held onto the door, the blood from her face drained. Try to slow down before we hide your plane. The teardrops came faster, slicking the road and terrain. It was then that they heard the horn of a train. Hurry up! Hurry up! Her voice full of disdain. If you don't get us out of here, I'll give you some pain. Please make a ride the onto the back Arthur Lane. When the car stopped, they were stuck on the tracks. Their stomachs had dropped. Why aren't we moving? Get us out of here! She hit him on his arm and cried out of fear. I'm trying, I'm trying. As he shifted the car into third gear, the wheel is stuck. It won't let me steer. The GPS blared. Its statement was queer. It seems the road ahead is not clear. What the fuck kind of demon car is this? Her scream of horror was severe. It was then the light of the train started to appear. The car screeched as it moved on its own, seemingly taking the Thank God we made it, she began to say, but then she realized they were going the wrong way. Take me home right now. I'm done with today. Her eyes brimmed with tears. What if I could, but look at the display. He pointed to the GPS as it had gone completely gray. Fuck the GPS, she screamed, her hair in disarray. I just want to go home and forget this, okay? Just like that, the GPS seemed to obey. spent faster, he resigned to steer anymore, as if he could have ever worked well before. I can't see the road. The streets were pitch black. The lights were blended in with the rest of the pack. Suddenly, the scar speakers blared some feedback, emitting the sound of the axis crack. She peered outside. Did you hear that? Looking around, not able to follow their tracks. They kept going further and further, and past a black green left ahead. Stop the car! I don't want to die! She grabbed his hand, and this was their last goodbye. His heart beat faster, he could feel every pound, but he had held her tighter, kissing her at her crown. The 
car rolled on over broken ground, shifting them both as the earth had disappeared and went down. The fall was quick, and the couple drowned, but the GPS awakened, making one final sound. If possible, try to turn back around. This week's open-ended intros were provided by Jennifer, Joelle, Savannah, Subi, Brandy, and Melanie. The title of this week's play is The GPS, written by Cher Vincent and produced by myself. Actors for the play include myself, Cher Vincent, and some terminal code I wrote to be the voice of the GPS. Music for the play was provided by my own musical side project, U-plus-1-F-6-0-C. You can find other tunes, including the one playing right underneath us, at soundcloud.com slash U-1-F-6-0-C. Also, another special thank you to Emporium Arcade Bar, for sponsoring this week's episode and the Chicago Podcast Cooperative where a huge collection of Chicago born and bred podcasts are produced and you can find more like us there until next week we'll see you and have a happy Halloween